Well, take your Bible tonight and uh, go ahead and turn uh, to the book of Matthew 24, first of all, and then our text actually is going to be 1 Peter. Matthew and uh, chapter number 24. I just wanted you to see this one verse on our way to 1 Peter and chapter number 1. So if you can find both of those passages, we're going to work on our theme again tonight. Last uh, couple times we were together on a Wednesday night, we were in Psalm 119. And uh, I, I foresee a day of doing a series in that great text. Uh, but we looked at just the first two stanzas about loving God through his word, his, his word really being the catalyst to help us um, to understand who he is and thus to love him. See, OK, so uh, we spent a couple times on that. So we're working on the theme tonight. We're going to work on the theme, God willing. Uh, well, even Sunday, uh, Sunday's Father's Day. And so we'll we'll celebrate that in the morning. And then Sunday night, I want to mention this ask you to pray about this. We're really making a push to try to get parents here, you know, from those that ride the bus, get them here and, um, and just preach the gospel to them. Wouldn't it be wonderful to see a mom and dad saved and a whole family redeemed? That's, that's what we aim for anyways. So make a concerted effort on this Sunday night. So pray for that. Pray for Brother Ted. Sure appreciate his leadership in Bible school. And so we're doing some work. And then, God willing, next uh, Wednesday night, we'll, we'll look at uh, applying transformational love even to the trans, transgender issue. I was just thinking about it. You know, you're never too broken to belong. And uh, God saves people out of, that, out of that way of life and redeems them to himself, according to 1 Corinthians chapter number 6. So I'd like to look at that and uh, just really try to do some preaching that'll be a help to us. So we're working on the theme. We're not going to exhaust God's word on what it means to love one another uh, and the need for it, the need for it. It's just everywhere. All right, let's read about it. Matthew and uh, chapter number 24 and verse number 11, verse number 12, I'm sorry. Matthew 24 and verse number 12. Jesus is uh, speaking to his disciples about the end times. And he says, because iniquity shall abound. How I many of you would agree it's abounding? Because iniquity shall abound. Notice this, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many shall wax cold. All right, so I wonder if there's anything we can do about that. I believe there is. I believe there is. All right, let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, I just did some Bible reading, maybe like you did, coming through some of these epistles. It's a lot of what we're looking at here on Wednesday night, some of the, what the epistles say about us loving one another, God's way. So 1 Peter and chapter 1 and verse 22. Then we're going to jump over to chapter 4. I want you to see these two verses here tonight. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. Peter writes, after explaining their redemption, by the way, that they were redeemed with the blood of Christ, uh, he says, seeing, verse 22, seeing you have purified your souls... In obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart. How? Fervently. See that you love one another with a pure heart, fervently being born again. That's the first part of verse number 23. 
being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God. He said, you know how you got saved? You heard the word of God and trusted Jesus as your savior. And as a result of that, you were born again and that changed everything. All right, chapter four and verse number eight. Chapter four and verse eight. And above all things, now I need to tell you, the first seven verses, he's talking about how they used to live. In fact, look, look, at, um, look at verse two and three, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh, the lust of men, but to the will of God. For in time past of our life, time past of our life, may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in lasciviousness, that's uncontrolled sexual passions, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatry, idolaters, idolatries. And he says, you know, they, they, think it's, they think it's strange that you don't run with them anymore. They think it's strange that you don't live like you used to live. And then verse seven, he says, the end of all things is at hand. Okay, so I'm tying into that because Jesus did. He said, in the end times, the love of many is going to wax cold. All right, so here Peter's referencing and he says, the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober. In other words, clear thinking. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer and above all things. Look what he says next, verse eight. And above all things have what? Fervent charity. He says it again. Have fervent charity among yourselves for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. You're never too broken to belong. <laughs> yeah, that's the idea. So tonight, very simple, the need for fervent love among us. The need for fervent love among, among us. Among us at Southwest Baptist Church, the need, the need, I'm telling you, the dire need for fervent love among us as Southwest Baptist Church, stoking the fire in spiritually cold days. Stoking the fire. May God help us to stoke the fire. May he bless his word as you're seated. We'll get right to it here tonight. <clears throat> Maybe like a lot of you as Texas is blown through, I've kind of been fighting some Allergies or something, you know what I mean? That south wind coming through and dust being stirred up. <clears throat> so anyways, just bear with me on that, I guess. So a good part of this message, uh, without any, you know, it's probably surprise to you or any apology, is, is going to be a, a lot of application on Vacation Bible School. I mean, we're right here in the midst of it, literally, as we here, are here on Wednesday and and uh, obviously we've got the platform still set up. I'm expecting Bible Bear to come anytime. You know, I mean, it's just, it's on, it's on. You know, I mean, it really is. It's on, Bible school is on. And I'm so thankful for all the participation. I, one of my favorite times of the year, just as I watch our church family get to serve together in so many different areas. You know, I mean, it, as a pastor, I just got to tell you, it, it does my heart real good, you know, just seeing people, oh my soul. <laughs> yeah. It's good serving. And I realize uh, that many of you are not able to because of work and other responsibilities. But then again, you are because as you're working and you're giving, then you're supplying uh, fuel for buses to run and for Kool-Aid to fill cups, you know, and so and for materials to be printed. And so it's a teamwork. It's a team effort. 
It's all of us involved in it. You know, praying, don't, don't think, well, I can't do much. All I can do is pray. Oh, listen, prayer is the, is the greatest ministry. It's not like that which prepares us for great ministry. It is the greatest ministry because really, truthfully, when you think about what needs to be done, we can't do this in our power. It's got to be the Spirit of God that does this great work. And so it's been a joy to watch many of you. So I, I don't want to selfishly in any way uh, share just my experience in it, but I do at the same time want to share uh, some experience in it just because it's, uh, it's what we're all experiencing as we see these little ones. Of course, not just uh, little ones, but also I'm glad we, you know, we have it for those uh, into high school even. And, and they're having a fantastic time playing gaga ball out in the back and also being preached to, first of all, being preached to and have an application uh, Sunday or class time rather. And, and so it, it's good. It's good all the way around. It's good all the way around. Um, but I don't, I don't know about you, but this year's theme has been challenging. I'm talking about not challenging to understand, not challenging to try to find passages, not to preach about it, not, not challenging in any other way, except in this application, loving God's way. I found myself thinking the other day, you know, I'll be ready for the next thing. This has been so challenging. I mean, it is, it's just, I thought, well, this will be a, this will be a good one, <laughs> you know, and it has been. But I mean, really, to love somebody God's way, I mean, I, I, I don't know, I guess, you know, all of us are challenged every day, but then, you know, when it's your church theme and, you're <laughs> and it's on to do that, I mean, there are some unique circumstances that make it even more, more challenging along the way, like the little boy that so far every day has gotten on the bus and gotten off the bus wanting to rub my bald head. He did it again today. I didn't see him coming. He, there he was. <laughs> Rubbed my head, got off the bus, looked back and just smiled and ran. Man, it was awesome. I'm going to preach tomorrow about the she bears coming out. <laughs> but I got to tell you, you know, as I have a privilege in, in teaching sixth grade, I had one of the most challenging times speaking. I have, it's in my top five most difficult times of ever speaking in my life on Monday. It was rough. It was rough. I don't know. Maybe I didn't come ready. I'm just, I'll take whatever responsibility is on me. But I mean, they, they, now there are, there's Tritons in that class, Brains in that class. And so there's, there's some good young men. I mean, they are listening. They're paying attention. Gabe Smith's doing a fantastic job. Young man named Samadre is in there and Jeremiah and, and Juan and Oscar. I mean, they, they are listening so well, but then there's other names that I'm not going to call. <laughs> Oh my soul. I was trying to, in fact, I'll be honest, I'll be transparent. I'm just going to be just as brutally honest with you and transparent as I can be. I was thinking, Lord, do I have to go back tomorrow? <laughs> Which, and then I had to pray, God, would you help me love them your way? I appreciate uh, Kyle Savage. He taught yesterday. He did a fantastic job. And Brother Ryan Wesson's in there and, and helping. And, uh, you know, it's easy to do this. You can give all of your attention to the disruptive, to the neglect of those that really want to hear. And then sometimes it's easy to dismiss the disruptive in disgust. <laughs> so how do you show love 
God's way? How do you show compassion rather than frustration? And I'm, I'm thankful to tell you, you know, God's really given me a burden for these young men. You know, one in particular, I thought, in fact, Monday, I pulled him back. I said, listen, <laughs> uh, what you do, they're going to do. You're, kind of, you're, you're a leader. Whether you like that or not, you're, you're a leader. And I want you to know that today he sat beside me. Today he sat on the front row. He's listening. I'm not telling you that he's fully sanctified. <laughs> but it sure is neat to watch God working in some hearts. I've, I've just been reminded um, of just how fervent our love needs to be for one another within here because of what others are facing out there. Would you think with me a few moments about that? I'm not going to be very lengthy tonight, but I sure do want to try to get across this passage. Really, these, these four verses out of 1 Peter are a little bit different than what we normally do. We're just going to hit some of these and see how that we need to love one another fervently uh, for the sake of those that are without. We need fervent love among us for the sake of those that are without. Uh, Peter sure understood this because obviously um, they had persecution going on in Peter's day and, and, and maybe some conflict from within because, I mean, how many times he mentions, you know, uh, be of one mind and have love and charity, fervent charity among yourselves, then it's obvious that, that because of what was going on out there in the world, they needed a place to come in church where there was just deep, constant, encouraging kind of love. Amen. You know, I mean, really. And I, and I hope it's such that, and, and I realize, you know, I know what it's like to, you know, to work, work a job and, and just barely get here, especially on a Wednesday night. You know, I, as Brother Copes was my pastor, I, I worked O'Reilly's and, and literally we'd load trucks till, till right at seven o'clock. And then I'd drive 30 minutes to get to Meadowview Baptist Church, about a 30 minute drive outside of, outside of Springfield in Republic, Missouri. And, and about the time I got there, right around eight-ish or so sometimes, he was already at the invitation. I missed the whole service. But I still felt the need to go forward every now and then, you know, even though I didn't hear what he'd preach. I, I just, I wanted to be there. And, and so some of you are in, in a situation like that where, man, you're, you're, you're tired and it's all you could do just to get here. But I, what I was going to say is this. I hope also this, I hope in the middle of Wednesday that you get to a certain point and you think, man, I can't wait to get to church tonight. I sure look forward to it, seeing my brothers and sisters in Christ and, and, and being able to sing together and hear the word preached and learn a little bit more from God's word. I hope it is something that you, that you look forward to. If not, go through verse five. Amen. If not, go through verse five. Look what he says in, back in chapter one and, and, and verse 22. Seeing then, I, I wish we had time to really unpack this one verse. It's, the more I've studied it, the more I see. It's a powerful verse. Seeing then that ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. He's talking about unity. And by the way, true biblical purity, true biblical holiness brings unity. Okay, so he says, seeing then that ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth. Basically, you heard the gospel, you believed, and thus you were saved, you were made 
Oh, oh, what a joy it was today to, to have. I had about four of those, the boys to read verses on sin and then four of them read verses on our Savior. And we only got through, we only got through two of those, but they were enough that given the state of our sin, the magnitude of our sin, and knowing this, that be sure your sin will find you out. There's none righteous, no, not one. Gabriel Smith did a fantastic job reading how that, that the law was written, that all the world might be guilty before God. And, and, and we, I think it really set in on the class that, listen, if we were judged by the law, and we are, then we stand guilty, not innocent. But if we take the same law and we apply it to Jesus Christ, would he be considered guilty or innocent? He would obviously be considered innocent. But who died? He died. But the wages of sin is death. Well, it kind of set in on our class, I believe, that really it should have been us who died, and yet he died in our place. Oh, it was a wonderful moment when the light bulb started coming on. And then they flickered off. <laughs> Seeing then... You've purified your souls in obeying the truth. He says, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently, fervently being born again. See, okay, here, okay, fervently, first of all, fervently means, you know, intensely, earnestly. It literally means a stretching forth. It, the ideas used outside the world of the Bible about a runner, how that, you know, in a race, you know, you think about it, that last stretch, whenever, you know, they're, they're down to the last little, little bit. I mean, how they stretch forth. So that's the idea. That's the way we're supposed to love one another is stretching forth, like really putting forth a lot of effort into this. Fervently, earnestly, Stretching forth. Well, how can we do that? Well, we've purified our souls through the Spirit's work in our heart, using the Word. It'd take a little bit more time than what we have to, to really delve all that out or mine all that out. But the basic idea is this. Listen, He saved you to be able to love that way. You're born again. In fact, as believers, we're really the only ones living on planet Earth that can show true love. You say, well, I think people love each other. Well, there's a lot of confusion about love. That's for sure. But, but think about this. Love is a fruit of the Spirit. So to truly love, you must have the Spirit of God living in you. And I realize somebody can love their mom or they can love their dad. I totally get that. But I'm just speaking biblically. The only way that they can really show true biblical love is by being born in God's family. So Snow, it shouldn't be any wonder to us that we see people fighting and in strife and backbiting and gossiping and hurting one another. Why? Because they haven't been born again. But we who have been born again, it is in us by God to love one another. And so we ought not run from the opportunity to show fervent love to one another, but we ought to rather run to. Okay, let me ask you this. Does a firefighter run to or away from a fire? He runs to it. Why? Because that's his job and that's how he's trained. All right. Does a police officer run to or from a crime? To because that's who he is and that's how he was trained. So should we run to or from an opportunity to show love? To, because that's who we are and that's how we've been trained. Amen. Our Savior taught us that. So we don't run from these opportunities even though they get messy. Even though they rub your bald head, <laughs> right? No, it's, it's really who we are and thus, by the way, let me ask you this, hang on just a minute. If we don't, love one another, if we don't show them true love, where are they going to find it? Amen. 
Where are they going to love it? Where are they going to learn it? Amen. If they learn it from the world, it'll be twisted love. So Peter says, listen, seeing then that we've purified our souls and seeing that we've been born again, let us love one another fervently. Fervently, like stretching out to try to love one another. Are you stretching out to try to love one another? Are you, are you making that effort? It is an effort, isn't it? To make sure that everybody feels included, to make sure that everybody's needs are met, to weep with those that weep, to rejoice with those that do rejoice. We're going to do a study here in the midst of the summer on, on 1 Corinthians 13 and what it looks like, you know, to have charity among ourselves. What does it look like? You say, I, I think I know what that looks like, but don't we need reminded along the way to have fervent charity among ourselves? If you, if you look at chapter two and verse number 17, he says, you know, honor, honor the king, fear God, love the brotherhood. You know what that means? I mean, you ought to care about all people and respect all people, but there ought to be a special love that you have for. There's just something special right here. It really is. Hope it doesn't bother you to say, hey, I love you. I love you. You know, today I was asking the class, uh, what can you do to show your dad you love him? We were talking about how that love has got to be an action. You know, it's got to you, something you say, uh, you know, measurable, s concrete. So I uh, give him a card. Moa's yard. One young man said this, give him a hug. I thought, man, you're a brave soul saying that here amongst all these rough guys. <laughs> but that was good, wasn't it? Give him a hug. Stretch forth. Okay, seeing then that you've purified your souls, he says you've got the ability to do so unfeigned. That means this, listen, not fake, not hypocritical, not plastic. I, I'm not saying going around here, hey, love y'all. <laughs> Don't be phony about it. Sincere, real, unfeigned, fervently, heartfelt, heartfelt, warm, even when it gets tough. How do we do that? Chapter three, real quick. Chapter three. Chapter three. Look at verse eight. I mean, he talks about as he gets into application of what this looks like, he starts in the home. And we, we've done some preaching on that, and it certainly merits, merits that, the love between a husband and a wife. It's a, that's the right place to start. Fervent love among yourselves. But if you look at verse number eight, he says, finally, be ye all of one mind all of one mind. That means united in the way that we think. Is Southwest Baptist Church united in the way that we think? I hope so. I, I believe largely we are, but have we arrived? No, no, we still need to work at it to make sure that we're all thinking the same way. I want to see souls saved. I want to see people grow. I want to see our church holy and righteous before God. I, I, I want to see another generation coming up. Like-minded, one mind, one mind. Last thing we need is one group doing their thing and another group doing their thing. One mind, he says, one spirit, one direction. Compassion, that means being sympathetic towards one another. Listen to this. It means this, ready to enter into somebody else's struggles. Ready to enter into those. Love is brethren, he says. It's the word from which we get uh, the name of the city, Philadelphia. It's love is brethren, love, love in the brotherhood. Be pitiful, that means tenderhearted, kind. Be courteous, you see that in the next part of verse eight? There's a lot here, I realize, we're going fast. We'll do a series on it sometime. Be courteous, well, you know what that means? Just be kind, just be kind. 
Oh, my soul, that needs to be preached. It's amazing how mean kids can be to each other. I mean, sit there and quote Bible verses one minute and beating one another up the next minute. Now, I don't know the girls, they may not do. Well, yes, they do too. Yes, they do. Be kind. Kindly minded. Be kind. Well, that'll go a long way in this society. Just being kind. I mean, genuinely kind. Do you, let me ask you this. Do you think people are looking for a place like that? I believe they are. Do they need a place like that? I believe they do. Is this a place like that? I believe it is. It's a blessing. Well, how do you do that? Look at verse 9. Not rendering evil for evil. Railing for railing. Uh, a railing is abusive speech. Um, not railing for railing. By the way, by the way, this is coming out of chapter 2 where it talks about when he was reviled, he reviled not again. Talk about Jesus. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. But it, you know, it's, it's in us, isn't it? And Peter is saying this to believers. He's saying... Um, he said, in nine, not rendering, don't, don't pay back evil for evil. That's how you used to live. Don't do that now. So what, how's he applying this? Is he applying it to how they should respond when they're persecuted? Not rendering evil for evil. Like, I mean, this was real for them. They got really persecuted. And so it would be easy for them to retaliate, not rendering evil for evil or, or, or um, reviling for reviling, but contrarywise, blessing. For thereunto you're called. In other words, you are called to be a blessing even to those who mistreat you. So certainly it has application outside of the church, but I believe it also has application even within the church. When someone reviles you, when someone um, is uh, hurtful to you. I remember... Studying this passage years ago, I was reminded as I was looking through an old illustration and I, we were going home and I, I was singing, maybe we as a family were singing, Lord, I want to be more loving in my heart. You know that song, Lord, I, Lord uh, what's the title of it? I, anyways, Lord, I want to be a Christian in my heart, in my heart. You know that song? How many of you know that song? I'm not going to sing it for you if you don't, but anyways. One, one phrase says this, Lord, I want to be more loving in my heart, in my heart. Lord, I want to be more loving in my heart. I was singing that. And this guy behind me started tailgating and he got up. I mean, like right on my bumper and I'm looking at him in my rear view mirror. I remember this clear as yesterday. Lord, I want to be more loving. <laughs> and he started to pass me. Oh, no, you don't in my heart. <laughs> Here I was singing that song. And this guy had the audacity to tailgate close and then try to pass. Oh, no. Oh, mercy. That's natural for us, isn't it? That's what we want to do. Yeah. Amen. One little boy had to go home yesterday. Uh, man, he was doing so well in class for a little bit. Brother Davis came up to the bus and and uh, he said, I've known this kid a long time. A lot of you know him. <laughs> and he said this. Um, 
He just can't let it slide. He's in an environment that's that way. Everything's in a front and he just can't let it go. In class, some the kids were picking on him. I was doing my best with God's help to keep things. And he kept, he said, tell her to stop. I said, hey, uh, that's, that's a boy there. He said, tell her, I said, that's, that's, a, that's the wrong pronoun. And the kid that he was picking on said he doesn't know what a pronoun is. Tell her that, I mean, it was just like boom, 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 boom. That's how that kid had more to rub. I lost more hair yesterday on Monday. I'm praying for the young man. I pray that God would break through to help him see not railing for railing, not reviling for reviling, because it won't end until you end up locked up. Just won't let it slide. As believers, we're called to show blessing rather than cursing. Look at, look at the next verse. Verse number, verse number nine, verse number 10. He that would love life. Oh, this goes very well with what Brother Dakota preached a moment ago. If you, if you love life, you want the blessings and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil. That'll help a whole lot right there. Well, the young man said he was using filthy language in the back. And I said, hey, listen, you, you shouldn't talk that way in God's house for sure, really anywhere. He says, uh, he says, he said, I, I said, you know, that's sin. Do you realize that it's sinful speech? He said, I'm not sinning. I'm just cussing. <laughs> Doesn't compute here, does it? But that's what they grew up in. Uh, we got to learn how to control our tongue telling the truth and, and then avoiding wrong ways of life to live in the right way of life. And the Lord will help you. Verse 12, his eyes are over the righteous and his ears are open under their prayers. Let's go on to chapter four. Chapter four, again, he says, above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. You know why? Because the Lord is coming again. The Lord is coming again. We concluded our class today. I mean, literally, uh, Miss. Uh, Miss Sarah knocked on the door, I believe it was, and said, hey, time for Kool-Aid. I mean, it was right at the time we were talking about Jesus coming again. <laughs> and uh, one of the young men said, they've been talking about him coming again since the 90s. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I about lost it. They've been talking about him coming again since the 90s. You know, like that was a long time ago. <laughs> I said, well, it actually goes back further than that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, but Braden, uh, Braden said, uh, "What was it you said, Braden? What a day that will be! Isn't that good? Two different perspectives. Yeah. What a day that will be. In the meantime, we've got to have fervent love among ourselves. Let me uh, let me conclude with these two things: life of an unbelieving man, the life of an unbelieving man." Think about this in his day. He wakes up, he checks his phone, he looks at the news and he's seeing confusion, evil and strife. He heads off to work in the morning traffic, complete with all the construction that's going on around Oklahoma City. And he's fighting against other drivers. People have been cutting him off. He's got strife and confusion. He gets to work. He doesn't find love and tranquility, but a, nor a lot of happy workers. But he finds envy and confusion, backbiting, backstabbing, griping, lying, dirty jokes and adultery. 
He goes home with another bout of traffic and then he gets into a fight with his wife. He's got bills that need to be paid. The washer is broken again. The kids are not happy. He's got to take Junior to Little League and he cusses the umpire out, fusses with her coach and along with the other parents. Then he goes to church. What if he went to church and he found cliques and nobody greets him there and disunity and backbiting and gossiping and people on this side that don't like people on that side? You know what he might say? This place is no different than where I work. But what if he goes to church and he finds this when he walks? In fact, when he gets out of the car, he's greeted out in the parking lot. And then he gets to the door and he's greeted again. He walks in here and he's overwhelmed with just how friendly everybody was. And they all seem very happy to be here. And he gets into the service and everybody's singing lively and people are saying amen. And it's, a, it's not a boring service. In fact, it's an hour and a half, but it sure seemed like it was just 30 minutes. And he's out the door now and people are still greeting him. And he says, you know, I'm going to come back to that place. You know why? Because he may not know exactly how to verbalize it, but he's basically saying this, because there is fervent love there. You know what might happen in that man's life? He may trust Christ as his Savior and become a part of that. So to do so, fervent love is needed within our church family because of the lack of love outside of our church family. And so I'm just going to say by way of a brief word of conclusion, we've got to stoke the fire. And stoke the fire with these, these three words, friendliness. Put the log of friendliness on. We got people coming Sunday. Let's be friendly. I mean, like super friendly, genuine, genuine, friendly. Put the log of faithful service, faithful ministry. Just, just doing what you're doing right now. Doing what you're doing right now. But, but also this, as I'm seeing. I mean, we got a lot of young people. Clay Cowser's running the running the sound booth. We've got a replacement for Jude. <laughs> Anyways, just, just kidding, Jude. We've got, we've got young people that are teaching tomorrow. We, we, it's another generation that's saying, other young people that are growing up here at the church, that are, that, that are growing up in homes, and, and they're working bus ministry, faithful ministry. Another generation. Let's, let's, we've got to keep it stoked. Got to keep it stoked. And then this, where we need to, forgiveness. I'm not going to hold that against you. Because love covers a multitude of sin. That doesn't mean we condone sin or overlook it. No, it just means this. I've got the attitude. I want to work this out. I'm not going to hold it against you. Past sins are not going to be brought into my present situation. Love covers a multitude of sin. That'll keep the fires of a church burning fervently. Now, the last thing I want to talk to you today about is having a hot fire in a hot day like this. But you know, on a cold day, nothing more inviting than a fire. In a cold, spiritually cold atmosphere, and Jesus said it, as iniquity abounds, the love of many will wax cold because nobody's stoking the fire. But you be one. It'll say, I'll do my part to be friendly. I'll do my part to do faithful ministry. And I'll do my part to forgive. So this church is a place of fervent love. Let's stand together here tonight. <clears throat> Dear God, we come to you tonight and as this generation of Southwest Baptist Church, we're praying that you'd help us to fervently love one another, to stretch out 
it's a stretch this week. I know that there are people that are rushing to work right after vacation Bible school or they've worked through the night and they're coming here tired, but they're, they're stretching to make it work. God, I thank you that that's the case. And Lord, not just this week of Bible school, but all, all year long, Lord, I thank you for the opportunity we all have to do our part, to be friendly, to be faithfully involved in ministry and forgiving one another and asking forgiveness as well. And so God, I pray that you'd protect this church as a lighthouse here on the south side of Oklahoma City. God, would you help us, Lord? We're burdened about the kids, the young people, the adults. And Lord, also within our own church family, God, just the ministry that is needed here, would you help us to fervently love one another in Jesus' name, amen. How about we take our place at the altar here tonight? If God has spoke to your heart, page 503, as we sing as Brother Aaron leads us.